1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
2: Bringing it up and through the middle is Evan Bouchard. Gets in over the Columbus blue line. He'll pass it to Cassie and he'll shoot it. Merce to is safe. Rebound. Perlini scores! Brendan Perlini gets the puck in the slot.
3: Lamborghini Perlini back up from the Miners gets a goal and an assist his first two points as a member of the Edmonton Oilers the bison king yes he pulled two power play goals then gets an assist on a Warren Fogle empty netter and the Oilers have ended their six game losing streak with a 5-2 decision over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Stuart Skinner in goal tonight at Rogers Place. He was very good with 36 saves as the Oilers' record goes to 17-11 on the season as they salvage a win right at the end of this six-game homestand. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, uh, interesting game. A lot of action. I mean, I think a a high-event game overall. The shot's 45-38 for Edmonton, and uh, chances at both ends of the ice. And really chances early for Columbus to control the game and put the Oilers in another hole but either through a combination of missed shots, bad luck, good saves, the Oilers got out of those first few minutes scoreless and then were able to take over.
1: Yeah, th- this wasn't as good a start to the game as the Oilers have had in, in previous games. They gave up two three-on-ones. Uh, we-, we can go weeks without seeing a three-on-one, and the Oilers gave up two of them in the first five minutes of the hockey game. Uh, the first one, Wierenski had a wide-open net, and he just uh, he just got a little quick with it and shot it right back at Skinner, who was beat. And the second one, Skinner, I think it was Wierenski as well, Skinner got across made a nice save on it. So uh, the Oilers didn't get the start they wanted, but they got a big break, and the big break was uh, Voracek uh, taking a, a needless penalty when he lost his helmet, didn't go to the bench. At the same time that Domi tripped, I think it was Yamamoto. So all of a sudden, the Oilers, who a little slow out of the gate, had a full two-minute five-on-three, and they made absolutely no mistake.
3: All right, let's go down to the Hall of Famer. Was it Gullitson tonight? Yeah, me. There we go. Nice. It's easier. Glenn Gullitson, assistant coach so what
4: was the, the start obviously wasn't exactly what you wanted because Stewart had to make a couple of saves and you took a penalty but you got through it that was, in the past maybe the other team would have been up one nothing
5: yeah you know what um, it's exactly what we didn't want but I'm not gonna lie to you there's part of it in my head was like okay Stu's warmed up and uh, we got out of it and now let's get going but no it's it's not the start we wanted um, it <laughs> I'm just stealing some of uh, our talk in the back room there Specialty teams, secondary scoring, and timely goaltending.
4: So that's what you needed. Um, can you talk about Perlini this evening? He didn't, you know, when he did play, he wasn't, didn't play a lot of minutes. And, you know, he didn't play a lot of minutes in the first couple of periods either. But he had tons of shots and a goal and an assist.
5: Yeah, I thought that line was real good. I thought Derek Ryan, if you look at his stat line there, you know, 64%, I think, on draws. Um you know, 13-some minutes of ice time and uh, a, a good, gritty goal, right, in front of the net, going to the net. We talked about that, getting into the blue paint and the tough areas. And uh, I thought uh, with Pearls there too, great finish. I thought he won some battles. He didn't get in there early, um, but he put a lot of pucks to that. I think seven or eight shots, whatever he had. And uh, I thought that line was good. And you can see we, we used them right to the end. They did a good job. So what, what happened
4: from training camp to when he got sent just the minutes he was playing, or you just couldn't get into a spot where he was...
5: Yeah, yeah, and and you can see the benefit of, it, it's hard. The reason he got sent down is because he hadn't played for so long, and, and you need to play, um, and he, he, he went and played. He scored two goals down there in a game, and um, you get back up, and then you give him a chance. It was hard. We were carrying 14 forwards, and... Um, you're, you're juggling guys in the lineup with PK and, and PP and rolls and faceoffs and centermen and he just got lost a little bit. And Jesse's game tonight,
4: what what'd you like there?
5: Yeah, uh, you know what, I like Jesse's game. I You, you guys are going to see the, 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 eight shots and the, and the two goals and the assists and I, and you know, the five on three. Um, I thought early, uh, there was a couple things in his game that we wanted him to be direct. And then uh, he just straightened himself right out and ha- had a big game. I think he got better and better as the game went on.
0: Thank you. Glenn, uh, scoring the first goal has been a hot topic here in Edmonton. You guys got on the board first. You guys are now 10-0 and 0 when scoring first this season. Why does that situation bring out a, a big strength in your team?
5: You know, I think everything has to come down to is confidence, right? And, um, and, and you start feeling good about yourself. And that's something we're going to have to talk about too, is um, maybe sometimes it's more important, uh, you know, it's obviously important for us to score that first goal. It's important for any team. You look around the league, the team that gets the first goal. Um, but maybe we can concentrate on the second goal a little bit too, right? Even if we don't get the first one, let's just make sure we get the second. Um, because, uh, you know, you, you'd want to have a stronger mindset than we need the first one to win.
0: On uh, on Yarvey's second goal, um, looks like Drysaddle took two defensemen with them, and that's what led him to be wide open in front of the net are those the little things that your power play did earlier on the year that we maybe have not seen as much as in the last six games
5: yeah you know I I haven't been uh, you know I run the power play I haven't been uh, upset with the power play like if you look at the chances we generate I mean uh, you can see them in the highlights and whatever it's just not going in and I think it was symptomatic of our uh, of our game right we were squeezing a little bit everywhere And uh, it got into the power play as well. Those top guys were feeling it, and they they wanted to to get in. But structure-wise, creating-wise, we were still doing the same things. We just couldn't get it going to the net. And sometimes, just like the wind today in the power play, same thing. You get one to go in early, and you could see the life they got from it. Um, But then the, the other three power plays, and... You know, I, I don't think they're much different than what we had in the in the past. We generated some. I think we can still we can be better. Um, I think we can we can uh, we we should be using some better reads and be a little bit more direct. But at the end of the day, we got two.
0: Uh, going back to Stuart Skinner, with each NHL rep he gets, do you feel like that's a young goaltender gaining a little bit more confidence with more experience at this level?
5: Yeah, he's a young goalie on the rise. I mean, he's got all the tools. Uh, he's an impeccable. Uh, shape now he's a great person he's a good teammate well-liked locker room he's a big guy Uh, he moves well skates well I mean um, he's certainly uh, and and he's in the right spot I think uh, as far as development he's on the right trajectory and uh, he's been walking the right line thanks guys thanks Glenn
3: Glenn Gullitson, assistant coach for the Edmonton Oilers, following a 5-2 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's 10 o'clock. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown and the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Yeah, Rob, like, like you were saying, and they sort of touched on it a bit there, the game did not start well for the Oilers. Some odd man rushes against. They took a too-many-men penalty a minute 12 into the game. And then, you know, we, we often discuss, okay, the, the good plays and then the, the mistakes that... Open the door for the other team, and and, and you were talking about that, and we saw it in some of the games the Oilers lost, you know, penalties, unnecessary penalties early in games to put you on the back heel, missed open nets. Well, Columbus, or Wawrenski misses an open chance, and then the penalties they take, you know know now that's a rule. You don't have a helmet. You have to go straight to the bench, and you can't get involved in the play. I mean, if the puck inadvertently hits you, fine, but you can't, get involved in the play and it's a veteran player that.
1: it's a veteran player he knows better than that and that just i mean that was the end of the game when when they got the two penalties there you knew the oilers were not going to squander a two minute five on three and the game was over teams that have had success against the Oilers as of late they've gotten the lead on the Oilers, and they're able to play uh, a low event game Tonight, the Oilers get the lead. Now, all of a sudden, Columbus has to open up a little bit. And a couple other things happen because the Oilers get the lead. Since they're not chasing, they can start playing other lines. They're Now they're getting into a bit of a rhythm, which they haven't been able to do. Uh, the third and fourth lines were able to play. And now you see when a, four, a third line, the Perlini-Ryan line, when they play with a little bit of consistency, they can find their game. It's really hard. And, I, and I've played in every single line in the National League, first line through four. And I know when I was in the bottom two lines, it's tough being on a shift, being getting a shift, then waiting for 8, 10, 12 minutes to your next shift. It's hard staying completely focused in the game. Uh, you get out there, your leg's a little tired, the puck seems to be going too fast, everyone around you seems to be quicker than they usually are. You're not in any rhythm at all, but when you have a lead... As the others did, the coaching staff feels a little bit safer. You don't have to double shift your top players the whole time. You, there's there's not the, the, the shortening of the bench to going down to, to two and a half, three lines. Everyone gets involved, and when everyone's involved, all of a sudden they can feel comfortable with their game. They feel they can go out there and they can make plays. They can stay aggressive because they know they're not going to be one shift and then done for another 8, 10, 12, 14 minutes, whatever it takes. So the role players the bottom six tonight looked good because they finally got a little bit of consistency in their game
3: yeah and some guys will be feeling a little better tonight Derek Ryan scores for the first time in 22 games he hadn't scored uh, since October 16th it had been a 20 game drought for Warren Fogle It had been February 9th, 2020, since Brendan Perlini scored a goal in a regular season game in the National Hockey League because we know what he did in the preseason. He gets, uh, first of all, he got his first assist, first point as an oiler on the Derek Ryan goal uh, with 8.53 left in the first period. And then he follows up a play, Bouchard down to Cassian, shot from kind of a sharp angle, Mm -hmm. and the rebound goes right into the slot, and Perlini quickly fires it home.
1: Well, when you're in a, a bottom six role as well, it, it's a simple game. You get opportunities to put the puck on net. You put the puck on net. You don't try to make uh, special plays. You don't try to force things. It's simple. And when you're in a, on a line that's a third or a fourth line, you talk about it on the bench. Okay, if I get the puck anywhere in this offensive area, I'm going to throw it on net. So drive the net. Get in there for, for a screen, for a tip, for a rebound. The Perlini, when he got the assist on the Ryan goal, He's just shooting on net. He's not He's not looking around to make a play. It's simple. I'm going to put the puck on net, and Derek Ryan was there. He tipped it once, and then he got a whack. It's in the net. And the other goal, Cassian, shoots from a bad angle, but that's a good shot. Goaltenders cannot square up to the puck when it's from a bad angle. They'll probably stop it, but the rebound is different when you shoot from a bad angle because the goaltender is turned sideways. When there's a rebound, the offensive player has an advantage because he's facing the goalie, the puck. The defending player, the defenseman, is facing away from it. And that one there, the puck bounces out. And Perlini, which we, we know, can shoot the puck. He puts the puck in the back of the net. So a very good by game by Perlini. One that he needed because he wants to stay not only in the lineup but to stay in the National Hockey League. So good on him.
3: All right, so the Oilers get five goals tonight on 45 shots, right?
1: Uh, yep. That's one in I nine. It. That's got That's a beat.
3: shooting percent of 11.1%.
1: Oh, that's over. Got to go that over. That is over. So there
3: Randy gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. We set the line before the game at 8.8% for the Oilers shooting percentage in this one. So it is over. So Randy gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card excitement bet on it. There we go. Oh, and because the Oilers got to five for the first time since they beat Pittsburgh, the Japanese Village goal light is on. Go to 630Ched.com. Print yourself up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. And in goal, Stuart Skinner gets the win. He improves to 3-5 and on the season. He makes 36 saves and you know maybe Rob, the last time we see him with the Oilers for a while, depending on what happens with uh, Mike Smith. But he was he was very good. He made the saves early. I, I thought he did a pretty good job for most of the night, controlling the rebounds or making sure there weren't rebounds. Good effort by Skinner.
1: It was very good. It's one of those two, and it's it's a, a weird. We're hoping we don't see him for a while because that means Smith is back and healthy and playing again. But we do know that if we see him again or when we see him again, he's capable of winning hockey games in the National Hockey League. He was good tonight. He was, he's had a great stretch. I, I, I think it's a confidence builder for him, what he's done since Smith has been out, but it's also a confidence builder for the organization and certainly the players, seeing what he's capable of doing, and, and, he, and he was good. He, he looks and plays like a National Hockey League goaltender. He doesn't look like an AHL player that's coming up and filling in. He looks like he's capable of playing in this at this level. And if it's not the remainder of this year, it'll be next year. Stuart Skinner is going to be an Edmonton Oiler sooner rather than later, and he's deserved everything that he's gotten.
3: Yeah, Oilers take it 5-2 tonight. Uh, they took control of the game in the first period. They finally got the first goal. As you heard during the interview, they're now 10-0 when they score first. And they are seven and eleven when they don't score first. So it's, it's it's first of all it's a rare occurrence of them scoring first. Or as Glenn Gullison referenced, even getting the second goal. I mean it's one thing to fall behind one nothing. You still should be able to play a relatively patient game. But when you go down two nothing, it changes. They went ahead two nothing tonight. Power play goals by Pulleyarvey, forty six seconds apart. One on a five on three, and then on the five on four, Barry and Drysital assisted on the first goal. Nugent Hopkins and McDavid on the second goal, and then the the Ryan goal was. short shortly after that so all told i mean this is the crazy thing you go six games and you score nine goals and then you get three in
1: three minutes and 43 seconds well the the Oilers had gone was it six games without having a lead that's true they they never led they never led six games and this is a team with the two uh, going into well, ovechkin's there now but was the two leading scorers in the national hockey league you hadn't had a lead in six straight games uh but It's amazing. Once they scored that first one, just the big relief you could see on their bench, and the excitement. And at that point, they smelled blood. If you could have bet on it, I think everyone in the stadium or in the arena would have bet. Okay, not only are they getting one on this five-on-three, they're scoring two because they once they got that first one. And it's funny. McDavid had a great opportunity, goes off the crossbar. Nugent Hopkins has an opportunity, he just misses. And all of a sudden, thirty seconds goes by, and you're like, okay. There's no way that this is going to they, they aren't going to be able to score. But once they got the first one, it, it just opened the floodgates and a ton of other opportunities. Uh, I don't know if they tired out the first Columbus goaltender because he only played, I believe, two periods tonight. He was pulled. But it was a game that the Edmontoners desperately needed. One, they were able to play everybody in their lineup top to bottom.
3: Yeah, Merzlikan started for Columbus. Corpusalo pretty good in the third period. He came in in relief as the Oilers win 5-2. Well, and it was... That McDavid chance, I mean, that was right. That would have been two seconds into the five-on-three. That's how quick mm-hmm. that was. The puck came right to him, and he darts in and, and shoots it off the crossbar. And then it, it's kind of interesting how the goal was scored because with the Oilers' power play and a lot of one-time, especially five-on-three, it's like, okay, Leon one-timer. Is it going to be tic-tac-toe in front? The the shot's wide, and Pugliarvi just swipes it in right off the backboards.
1: Well, I don't know how many times we've talked about it, shoot the puck from the point good things will happen and on that one right there again and now it's a five on three so it's a little bit different but when you shoot the puck from the point the offensive player has got a, an advantage when it first happens because the defenders are, are, are looking at bodies and looking at pucks and trying to follow where the, the passes are going pull Arvey in front he's just trying to hunt down the puck and it, it, it was a perfect bounce for him I mean there was absolutely no chance for for Columbus to be able to defend that but put pucks on net, and we, we talk about it all the time. The power play starts after the first shot was on net. Well, that shot created a little chaos. PR, PRV wins that one, and then the next one, it was it was a broken kind of play that goes back to it, it looked like it brushed off a defender in front to Nugent Hopkins, and once pooley Harvey sets his body up in front of the net, uh, you, you can't move him. He's... He, he's got he's like a Dustin Penner type body just a big body that if you get on the wrong side of him as a defenseman it's about a 30 to 40 second skate around him to get to the <laughs> other side and in Harvey what he's got not only he's got the size but he has soft hands and a nice play coming across to him to be able to put the puck in the net and at that point the game was over for the Columbus Blue Jackets
3: and also close to the hat trick with oh. 540 left in the third period big David I mean, McDavid was flying. He wound up inside his own blue line. And even before he got the puck, you knew it was going to be an odd man rush, either a two-on-one or a flat-out breakaway. And I I think uh, Korpisalo could have totally moved out of the way and said, I'm just (laughs) going to defend Yessie here, and he still would have passed it to him. Well,
1: and the defenseman knew it, too. The defenseman laid his body in the line. He knew the puck was coming across as well. Uh, Yeah, Pugliarvi had an opportunity there. He got Uh, wood on it I don't think he got all of it I think the puck was just a little up when he when he hit it but he he had a number of chances he had eight shots in the game and some of them high quality Uh, he wasn't afraid to shoot the puck today and that's what you want goal scorers I I remember I think it was Brian Bellows someone once called him selfish because he shot all the time and like no 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 you're a goal scorer shoot the puck You know, you don't need to pass. That's not your job. Your job is to get into a position to shoot, and when you get it, you shoot the puck. No coach I've ever played for is giving a player heck for shooting the puck. That's what you're supposed to do. Pugliarvi did it wonderfully tonight. Uh, Finally rewarded for the play that he's had as of late. I think he's been been fine on this homestand. Just nothing has gone in for him. Tonight he was uh, fortunate and got a couple, and hopefully this will be the start of another little run for Jesse.
3: Thanks to James H. Brown and Associates, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're given a one hundred dollar donation to six thirty Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Edmonton Oilers goal, so it is five hundred bucks going in there tonight as the Oilers beat Columbus 5-2. Okay, you can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Skinner, Perlini,
0: Ryan. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: And Bjorkstrand
5: can give it to Texier, comes in on the right wing, cuts to the middle, pass in front. Oh, what a
2: save made by Skinner as he got the pad on it and the puck cleared out by Nugent Hopkins.
3: That is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Skinner stops 36, and the Oilers beat the Blue Jackets 5-2. We'll get to your phone calls in a second here, but let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Here are Stuart Skinner and Brendan Perlini. Uh-
2: uh it it was a game that sort of started with uh some adversity right at two on one uh pk right away another three on one uh was getting through that sort of and and being on your feet in a zero zero game how was that an important part of what happened afterwards
6: yeah i think uh I think it just got us going a little bit i think uh I think the start's huge for for everybody on this team i mean it's uh it was nice to get a couple saves in right away and gave us some momentum and then uh you know the guys the the forwards the d we just took over from there and uh yeah it was a lot of fun tonight uh
2: brendan you had uh last i checked seven shots on goal maybe you got a late one i'm not sure uh was that the theme for you tonight was to be noticed and shoot the puck
7: yeah i mean i went down uh to the american league there and that's kind of I picked up, uh, not picked up a few things, but I think you know anytime you get the the minutes down there, I played 20 plus post games, so you really get uh, a lot of puck touches and get the kind of feeling back. And um, so for me, I noticed down there I had kind of same thing, seven, eight shots on goal. And for me, it was like okay, you know, try and try and do that up here, try and replicate it and get pucks in net, and then um, you know good things will happen. Luckily uh, tonight it did.
4: How frustrating was it for you that you're in and out of the lineup when you were here?
7: Uh, it's not frustrating at all. I mean, yeah, of course you want to play and contribute to to the team, but uh, any way that, that I can do it, whether it's in practice or, you know, in games, um, you know, I, I knew coming in here that it uh, you're, you're not going to get the minutes that, like, Leon or Connor are getting. So you're, you're playing, you know, very much a... Uh, a role that's uh, you know for the team and for me, like I said, I, I try and help out any way possible.
4: But when you're only getting six minutes a game, is the heat on you to do something in those six minutes, or are you out there trying not to get scored on?
7: Neither. <laughs> uh, that's the truth. I just go out and play hockey. I, you know, I think the people who got the real heat are guys like military guys who are putting their lives on the line every single night. For us. We play a game of hockey. You know, it's not live or die. I know we're gonna, you know, myself, I'm gonna wake up every day, uh, getting another crack at this. So, for me, it's go out, have fun, play hockey, and uh, try your
4: best. So, so when you were sent down, were you thinking, okay, this is gonna be a long time, or do you ever know when you're sent down? You know, all of a sudden, guys get COVID or get hurt and something yeah, well, back
7: up. That's that's the NHL, man. Uh, you know, you see guys go all over the place, up, down, in and out of the lineup, so for me, I'm not thinking like even, even going down, I wasn't thinking it as a negative, I was looking at it as an opportunity to go, play some minutes, uh, get the mojo back like I said, get a lot of puck touches um, luckily scored a couple goals down there, so coming back this way, you know you have a good feeling, you have a very positive attitude and for me, like I said, I try and replicate it up here and be in good spirits for everyone and carry a lot of positivity around for the room and for the guys. Thank you
0: Stuart, uh, apologies if you already answered uh, something along these lines, but with each NHL rep that you're getting right now, do you feel like you're getting more confident at this level?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, just being able to get more games, more experience in, I think, uh, you know, you start, just like how I've always said, you kind of get into a rhythm and into a flow of things. And, um, yeah, I I just feel like the more games you get to play, the more learning lessons, um, more experience, and that's always going to make you better.
0: With that being said about your confidence level, what does a confi- confident goalie look like at this level?
6: Uh, I think uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's just being confident on the ice. I think looking confident. I think body language is always, you know, kind of the first thing that other people see. But I think uh, internally you just kind of have a feeling of, you know, confidence that you can come up with every save. And, uh yeah, I try to I try to get that feeling every night. Uh,
0: they had a couple of early chances in this hockey game. As a goaltender, do you almost somewhat prefer that, getting you right into the action like that?
6: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it went our way tonight, so uh, I did like it tonight. Um, you know, maybe if it went the other way, I'd probably be saying no to that question. But, um, you know, it's always nice to get shots on right away. I mean... You just kind of get that feeling of the game, kind of get warm again, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great game. I think the guys played really, really well, well in front of us. We had some huge blocks, and happy that we uh, got the win.
0: Uh, Brandon, it's obviously been a little bit of a busy week for you. Uh, when you got sent down to Bakersfield, what was the, some of the feedback that you got, and were you able to apply some of that here tonight?
7: Yeah, it was just go and uh, really get the mojo back and, and get playing a lot. Obviously, was was kind of in and out of the lineup and playing uh, some low minutes. So for me, it was go down and get playing and, uh, you know, feel the puck and, and play in kind of all situations again. So um, I enjoyed my, my couple games there and, you know, have a good feeling coming back here now of, of a lot of positivity and, uh, you know, hopefully you can keep it going. By the way, Spider-Man dies at the end.
4: Spoiler alert.
3: <laughs> oh, jeez. Who said that? That's awful. Uh, I think that was a Spider-Man spoiler. Somebody decided to toss in there. Okay, uh, we get that. Brendan Perlini, interesting perspective there, Rob.
1: It, it was very good. It was very. he's very well spoken and, and very honest, and and he's absolutely right. You know, sometimes media fans uh, put so much emphasis on winning and losing and the importance of these games and they got to win tonight or it's or or this or he's got to score they got in at the end of the day as as Perlini said I get to get up and play hockey I mean this is just a game Uh, this is my job it's my game it's fun to do and if things don't work out today I do get an opportunity to do it tomorrow Uh, whereas people in different lines of work they don't so and if you're gonna if you're a guy that is Bounced around. If you're a guy that's in and out of the lineup, up to the minors, down, down to the minors, things like that, you need to have that kind of attitude because if you let everything wear on you, if you take it home with you, if the stress just eats you alive, that when you get your opportunity, you're already, um, you're handcuffed because you're you're so nervous that you I have to do everything right tonight because if I don't, this is my last chance. If you go into a game like that, you're already already defeated. He just came out, and as he said, I came out and played hockey. Uh, I didn't, didn't worry about uh, making a mistake, didn't think I had to do this or that. I just went and did the thing that I've been doing since I was five years old, that's play a game. So good on him, and uh, maybe others might want to look at that kind of attitude because the way he played tonight was a, a real positive for this team, a team looking for bottom six depth players. Uh, got a great game out of he and along with us a couple other depth players tonight. So good on Perlinian and to me I I love the honesty and I love the the matter of fact way he said it. It just rolled out like hey this is how I feel and uh, I absolutely 100% agree with him. I don't know if people can hear that someone's playing Twisted Sister. Oh I can hear it. It's very good. There's or two, is that is it pregame music? Because there's a yeah, game coming up two, here. Two St. A Albert minor league team. Yep. Yeah, two, uh, two St. Hockey. Albert minor hockey teams are going at it. The Cobras and the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, I think, have an advantage because they can fly. But if they get too close to the Cobras, they can, like... <laughs> They're going to strike. They can strike. Just like so. that Kraken versus Sharks debate we had uh, the other night. That's true. The Kraken was... I mean, seriously, the Kraken... Did the Kraken win that game? Or did the Sharks win? No, the Kraken won. Okay. So, yeah, we were right. We said the Kraken have, are stronger in that fight.
3: Robin Capilano says if puliarvi had scored a hat trick, would he have got a water buffalo hat like in the Flintstones? That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I'd like to see one of those thrown on
1: the ice. That'd be cool. That well. Yeah, yeah, That way. not a real water buffalo hat, though. Like, I mean, no, like the ones they wore oh, yeah. in the in the Flintstones. The but what was? The, oh, it was the Water Buffalo Club. That's what yeah. Freddie was in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, well, I, we could send. Uh, you know what? Well, let's get Mooner on that. That'll give Mooner something to do tomorrow if they have practice. <laughs>
3: uh, Eddie says with the COVID list players, the Oilers have the roster space to carry three goalies for at least a couple of weeks. No reason to not give Skinner a game on the back-to-back
1: next week. Uh, distinct possibility. Yeah, I again, I don't, uh, I don't know all the rules or who's going to be in and out of p- protocol. I mean, there might be something happen in the National Hockey League within a week. With the amount of players that are being put into COVID protocol, it's getting to the point right now to read with this. Uh, as we know, at the end of the season, the difference between teams in and out of the playoffs are, are mere points in home ice advantage are starting on the road a point here or there there's teams right now that are, are losing three four five star players out of their lineup and having to play there's other teams that are getting uh like the calgary flames that aren't playing at all there's games being canceled at some point when is there a competitive advantage for this team's got five players out but they still have to play this team's got so many out and they get the night off it uh it, it's kind of ugly out there right now with what's going on with COVID and And again, that goes back to what Perlini said, this is just a game. There's other things outside of this game that are much more important. Wizards
3: went five-two over Columbus. Okay, this is a really good question from Roland, and it's it centers around Zach Hyman, who mm-hmm. of course is injured day to day. We don't know for sure where we're going to see him, but I think this is a, a really interesting question when we talk about the top two lines mm-hmm. and maybe where does Yamamoto fit and and balancing those lines. And he says, would Hyman's skill set
1: fit on the dry side of line? I think so. I, personally, I'd rather see him play with with Leon. Uh, Hyman is a Hyman can score off the rush, but to me, he's a uh, in-zone type of offensive player. Big, strong, physical, can take the puck down below the goal line, move it from one side to another, can drive the net, likes to set up in front of the net. Absolutely, I think he could have a ton of success playing with, with Leon Dreissel. And I th- I would love to see those two play together.
3: So you'd, at some point, like to see Nugent Hopkins, Dreissel, Hyman, and then, say, Fogle... If he
1: Vogel, yeah. Fogel, Polyar- and Pulliarve and Pooley-Arvey. Yeah, I absolutely I and I've said this before. Connor is able to play with just about anything anybody because he can do a lot more things individually. Leon is a guy that makes other guys around him better because he incorporates them more and needs to. Uh, he Connor can go end end by himself. He doesn't need a winger going down with him. Leon will go end-to-end, end, but he'll set someone else up. So, yeah, I, I think that would be good. And Fogle, and it's been two games. Fogle has looked very good with Connor McDavid. It's the best that he's played since he's been here. Now, big advantage, playing with a superstar, but he's fit in nicely and didn't look out of place.
3: All right, Oilers win it 5-2 over the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Oilers power play, which has been in a drought as well, cashes in tonight, going two for five as uh, the Oilers able to win the special teams battle, two for five on the power play, 0 for, or three for three on the penalty kill, as Columbus went 0 for three on their power play. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out Extreme with an X. Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. 780 496 is how you can reach us on the certainty Hotline. We'll look around the NHL here for edmonton trailer looking for parts service rentals or new and used semi trailers head to edmontontrailer.com the canucks trying to win their sixth in a row leading the sharks 3-1 with 14:46 left in the third period the canadians with no fans in the building win 3-2 over the uh, against the flyers in a shootout the lightning beat the senators 2-1 it's los angeles with a 4-1 road win over the panthers the golden knights win 5-3 at new jersey Hurricanes win at home, 5 3 over the Red Wings. Islanders beat the Bruins, 3 1. Philip Forsberg had two goals as the Predators over the Avalanche, 5 2. Sabres get a 3 2 shootout win in Minnesota. Maple Leafs and Flames, of course, were uh, postponed because of Calgary's COVID situation. And uh, apparently, Thursday night football turned into a beauty. We were not watching it. Oh, uh, Kansas City. Oh, did you see somebody? Maybe I somebody see
1: was watching it over. Yeah, I did watch it. It was a fantastic ending to the game. Mahomes and Casey is, are playing very, very well right now. So Kansas City won
3: in overtime 34-28 over the L.A. Char- I saw the Chargers were, were they, no, they weren't way ahead. They were a little bit ahead for a while.
1: They were, they, and then twice Casey had to come back in the last four or five minutes to tie the game, and once was out with a two-point conversion, and then... Uh, Kelsey with a run and catch, or a catch and run for the touchdown in overtime.
3: Okay. Uh, this texture says, "Who do you think the 10 will be when Smith is healthy?" It'll it'll be Smith and Koskinen. Yeah, I mean, just contract wise. Yeah, Skinner Skinner will play. They they want. I mean, ideally, he'd be playing a lot, a, a lot in the minors. Well,
1: eighty percent of the games. Oh, for sure. So yeah. So that's where they want him playing. They don't want him sitting on the bench or sitting in the press box. And financially, they I contract says Koskin he makes a lot of money he'll be the one that'll be playing as the backup
3: all right you're also going to hear from Derek Ryan and Yessi Pugliarvi Pugliarvi scored two Ryan's goal turns out to be the game winner you can get us on the certainty hotline 780-496-0063 the Oilers finally end the six game slide a 5-2 decision over the Blue Jackets we're back after the news for Heartland Ford overtime open line
5: it's in the neutral zone where Brendan Perlini will get it in on the backhand. Perlini comes right back to him. He'll walk to the middle. He'll
2: shoot it! Save! Rebound! Scores! Derek Ryan put in the rebound! And
8: the Oilers are
3: up 3-0. And the Oilers would go on to beat Columbus 5-2, so they salvage a win. They go one and five on the six-game homestand. They end the six-game losing streak. They are 17 and 11 on the season. The Blue Jackets drop to 14, 13, and one. They're having a tough time of their own here now. Just two, seven,
1: and one in their last 10 games. Reid, they're not having as tough a time as the poor kid that just came on the ice wearing his skate guards. He fell nine times. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> that, that happens. Th- <laughs> that's you know, that's Dad's fault. Dad's got to make sure the oh, kid yeah. doesn't. I'm blaming that one on Dad. Although, this is the, and it looks like Dad forgot to bring his jersey too because he's wearing his practice jersey.
3: This is the uh, St. Albert Falcons and the St. Albert Cobras. We,
1: you think they're I, Adam? It, I, I believe it's Adam because I know about ten or twelve of the kids from our hockey schools. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was a tough start for that poor young man. <laughs> He didn't quite make it to center when he went down for the first time and then went down nine more times.
3: This would be pretty cool for these kids, getting introduced at
1: Roger's place after an Oilers game. Are you kidding me? That's awesome for these kids right now. It's, uh, they're going to be tired at school tomorrow, um, but they're going to have a really, really good story well, gonna for the It's going to be teacher. the
3: last day before break, Tomorrow,
1: right? most most of the schools will be having pancake pajama breakfast and Christmas parties. Trust me. <laughs> That's what they do. They go, That's what they, they do at St. Albert? Well, in St. Albert on the Friday before the Christmas break, they'll all wear their pajamas to school. They'll have pancakes Is this true? And stuff. I have no idea if you're telling the truth No, honestly. Yeah, they'll all wear pajamas tomorrow. Absolutely they will. And they'll all, they'll have pancakes wow. and there'll be Christmas carols. I don't Christmas know if I would wanted and... to wear my pajamas to school. Well, it depends what your pajamas were, but... Um, Yeah, this is, I think all schools do that right before Christmas. I mean, nobody wants to learn on the last day of school before Christmas. Well, no,
3: of course, I'm not saying it shouldn't be a lighter day.
1: Oh, yeah, it'll be pajama day.
3: Who makes the pancakes? Do they make the kids make the pancakes? Like, growing up in Evansburg, we ever had to, if we wanted a pancake day, (laughs) we were making the damn pancakes on our own. Oh, we, would, oh, we, would have been, we would have had to go to the, uh, the, the pancake mines by the Lobstick River and get the batter out of there,
1: oh, out of don't, the coal shafts. Don't, I mean, oh, in St. Albert, all the schools have their own chefs. No, not here. Like Seriously, <laughs> they've got four or five chefs. The kids can order whatever they want. They get blueberry, they can get chocolate chip, whatever they need. It's funny. They just started doing the National Anthem, yeah, like, we both what stood we, up. What are we supposed to do? We just stood up for it, so...
3: All right. Well, uh, fun one tonight. Or this win at five two over the Blue Jackets. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the certainty hotline. If you uh, want to talk to us or talk about pancakes or uh, last day of school before Christmas or uh, ask Rob to tell some stories about living in St. Albert or playing in the World Juniors, <laughs> those are those are good ones too. You did. You did. Speaking of food, you did tell me a few years ago because you went to Moscow. I went to Moscow for a world Did you guys
1: pack a bunch of food? <coughs> the or the day before we went, they told us that the food was going to be really, really bad. So to bring whatever snacks you want. So myself, Greg Hoggett, uh, who else was there? There's a few other guys. We all took our hockey bag. Actually, Hitch was the one that told us to do it. So we all took our hockey bag. And I, don't, I think it was a Woolworth or a Kmart that we went to. And we filled it with junk food, chocolate bars and chips and anything we could get our hands on. And we filled it up with... With uh, with all that stuff in the hockey, business. and then we got over there. and We thought each bag was for ourselves, but Hitch actually one of them was for him. So we had to give one of our bags up, and that's what we lived off of. I, we all lost weight. I bet you I lost ten to twelve so pounds. So what meals did you actually have then? Uh, we, you couldn't tell what they were, honestly. Seriously. it was it was so gross. I on all all we did, we just poured ketchup over everything. So any meal we had, all it tasted like was ketchup. I remember having milk, and it was lumpy. And it was like, oh, this is disgusting. So we started drinking, it was called Nichi Cola, which was more or less like having Pepsi, and we were having it for breakfast every morning, 7 a.m. We'd be having our Coke or Pepsi or whatever it is because the milk was disgusting. The the best part about the World Juniors for meals were two. One, we went to the circus in Russia as a team, and it was one, like, back where they had the dancing bear and they had the the big strong man that would come out and lift all the weights, that kind of stuff. But they had ice cream there. And we were all just starved for something normal. So we all had ice cream at the circus. And then when we played the Russians, it was a round robin game, but it was, we knew it was for the gold yeah, medal. Yeah, there were no playoffs. There was no playoffs, So we knew that was a gold medal game. Our uh, trainers went into the kitchen at the hotel and we had brought Kraft mac and cheese. And that was our pregame meal. And we played, I think at 11 AM or something like that. So for breakfast, we had mac and cheese and it was so good so good, but they saved it just for that specific day for the russian game so that we would have some normal food in our bodies but everybody everybody lost weight over there because it was that was back when russia was communist and i don't think they were giving us the good stuff at our hotel
3: that's our adjustment of the game for pro <laughs> drain techs for peace of mind down the line as the orders win 5-2 tonight over the columbus blue jackets okay they both scored tonight let's hear from derek ryan and yessi Puliyarvi.
0: Uh, Jesse, uh, just over here to your left, obviously you're giving a wave to the Oilers faithful here tonight. Uh, what's it like for your club to pick up its first win during this homestand?
9: I think this, this is big for, for us. Uh, we need this and keep building our game and get, get those other wins every night. Yeah.
0: You had two goals in your last 16 games coming into tonight. You scored two tonight. What can a game like this do for a player and his confidence?
9: Uh, I hope so this give me more confidence and, and play better every in- evening and let's see what happen.
0: Uh Derek uh, you chipped in with a goal uh, Perlini chipping in with a uh, goal and assist tonight uh, as a leader in that bottom six how positive is an effort like this uh, contributing on the scoreboard but also getting it done to beat around the ice?
8: Yeah, I think it's a huge confidence builder, not only for the bottom six, but the top six as well. Um, I think that, um, I don't know, my line in particular has built a couple games here. Even though we haven't gotten wins in the previous games, I felt like we've started to come across some confidence, playing well, playing the offensive zone not getting scored on, playing well defensively. So obviously nice to get rewarded on the score sheet tonight. I think that's huge for us, especially getting out of this little slump for us to, to get a win. But, um, yeah, I think we're just going to continue to work hard, play the way we have been playing the last couple of games. Whether we score or not, we have to find ways to contribute, and I think we've done that.
0: I know a lot of the conversations coming into a game like tonight was the ability or the inability of scoring first. You guys get on the board first tonight. Can you talk about the contrast of playing with the lead instead of chasing the game?
8: Yeah, that's huge for sure. I don't even think we came out and played our best, to be honest. I think Skinsy made a couple of really big saves early. To keep us at zero zero um then obviously the power play gets us going uh it's huge i don't know what the stats are but i'm sure we've won a lot more games when we've scored first so uh, i think that's huge for us it's just huge especially when you're in a bit of a slump you're losing games and you let in the first one it's a bit deflating i think we can be better in terms of you know sticking with it in those situations um, come playoff time or come down the stretch in the regular season those ebbs and flows of the game just happen And so we have to be able to roll with the punches a little bit more, but um, obviously nice to score first
4: Jesse were you thinking you were gonna get that third goal late in the game where Connor passed you the
9: puck right by? There? Yeah, yeah, there was a couple times but not yet
4: <laughs> Not yet. No Were you mad at yourself when it didn't go in or did it just look like it went off the...
9: No, I I just keep going. I I think this was just good win for us, so I'm happy about that. So, no, no.
4: And Derek, Perlini was in here earlier saying that going down to the minors wasn't the end of the world. You went down and played a lot. What did you see from him tonight perhaps you saw in the preseason?
8: Well, I didn't hear him say that, but um, hearing you tell me that, it just shows that he's a mature hockey player, a professional. He knows uh, the situation that he's in, and um, I thought he came in here and played a great game. I thought Cass and I have been uh, developing some chemistry over the last couple games, playing well. And, um, yeah, I don't know, it's nice to have a shooter there. He can sure shoot the puck, so it's nice to know that he's going to deliver the puck to the net, and I think he did that a lot tonight. And, yeah, he's a good player, and... Um, I know lots of talk about his preseason, those sorts of things, but the regular season's a different beast, so I think that he uh, he played the game that we need him to play tonight. Thank you. Thanks.
2: Just one for me, Derek. Um, at the start of the game, you guys give up a 2-on-1, then you take a too many men penalty, then there's a 3-on-1, and it seemed to me for the last two weeks, the way your luck was going, it would have been like 2 nothing for the other team. But you get through it, and it's 0-0, and you get a break, and before you know it, you're leading. Was that a... You know, a moment where you kind of thought maybe your luck's changed a little bit?
8: Um, I didn't think of it that way I just thought you know wow Skins is holding us in the game here he said I don't think it was all luck I think it was him just playing great so yeah I think we even saw more of that as the game continued to go along um, teams that are playing that 1-1-3 one, one, I think we've had a little bit of trouble getting through the neutral zone we're a little stubborn we don't like to dump the puck in and when we turn the puck over there's lots of three on twos going the other way and I don't think that's that's our advantageous for us moving forward so yeah um i agree that we haven't had the most puck luck in the last few games and uh, hopefully that continues uh, we can turn that corner and continue to have luck like we did tonight
3: Derek ryan gets his second of the season yes he pulled the rv scores twice to get up to 10 as the oilers beat the columbus blue jackets 5-2 we have i don't even think we've mentioned the name connor mcdavid on <laughs> overtime open on he had two assists and leon dreisaitl had connor had two one assists assist. Yeah, they added a, a second assist on the empty net goal. Oh,
1: I did not see that. Um, it was neat listening to Derek Ryan talk right there. The one thing that I thought was really telling and something that we've been talking about as of late when he said he likes having the shooter on the line knowing that he's going to be putting pucks on net. And that's what we keep talking about. When you're in a third or fourth line player, if you know that your linemate is going to put the puck on net, you can automatically go there right away. You don't go in the corner. You don't go to the board. You don't stay on the perimeter. You know that he's going to put the puck on net, and Perlini does that. And on Derek Ryan's goal, uh, Perlini was at the blue line. Ryan just went right to the front of the net, and that's where the puck was supposed to go, and that's where the puck went.
3: All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tom standing by. Hey, Tom, thanks for calling.
4: Hey, no problem.
7: Thanks for uh, doing the show you guys do. You guys do a good job. Thanks. Uh got a question for Rob. Uh I know you played in Pittsburgh and Hartford. Do you think you've ever played in a market where the uh fan and media pressure is anywhere close to
0: what's experienced in Edmonton? No,
1: no, not even close. Nothing's even not even comparable. In when I well in Hartford, I mean you're lucky to get media. <laughs> so that was that was the easiest one I've ever went to. Um but Pittsburgh, you could go. If I would have went seven, eight, nine, ten games in a, a row without a goal down there, there probably wouldn't be anything written about it. I mean, Fridays in Pittsburgh, uh, all the news. It, it, if the Penguins played, they wouldn't even cover it at first. It's all high school football. Like it's, it, it's a different type of uh, coverage down there. The media guys were all good. Uh, it was all positive. Um, there was never, you never felt stress. After a bad game, or if you're in a bit of a slump about something that might be written or talked about or on the radio or on TV, uh, you put your own pressure on yourself, but nothing nothing like what it's here. This is playing in Canada, but to me, the ones I found the the most, Montreal and Edmonton, were the toughest for for, uh, media and and the amount of attention and the 24-7, it... you have to have a very thick skin to play in some of these markets up here because if things aren't going well for you, everyone in the world's going to know.
3: So in Pittsburgh, Steelers were number one for pro. Ste- and then were you guys, I mean, I know you didn't overlap much with the Pirates, but were you guys bigger than the... Pirates, uh, or, we, mean, they, the
1: Pirates, I guess, had a pretty good team around when I When I played there, Bobby Benilla and uh, Barry Bonds were Because they
3: lost to the Braves in one of the NLCS's, 91 yep. or 92. Yeah,
1: so I was there when uh, – it was funny because Barry Bonds and Bobby Benilla used to come to our dressing room all the time. And ba- uh, ba- Bobby Benilla was awesome. He was a funny, funny guy. Barry was a little more serious and not very approachable. Uh, we used to go – I used to go to Pittsburgh Pir- Pirates and do batting practice with them. It was awesome. So cool. But the Steelers were number one, and there was no one even close. Uh, the Penguins were beloved. had a really, we had a really, really strong fan base, uh, but it just the it's the United States. And on Friday, there they would, if you turn on the news, if the Penguins played, we could be playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we could win six five in one of the greatest games ever. But if you turn the news on, the first seven minutes of the sports. They would go through every single high school football game that was played. And I I my I lived with a family when I first moved down there. One of the kids played football and they'd have ten to fifteen thousand, whatever big the stadium was at their high school football games. It was huge. And that on Friday, that's what was covered. And then the Penguins come after that.
3: Okay, so in Hartford, was it just apathetic towards the NHL or was it was the University of
1: Connecticut there? I can't even remember. Uh, honestly I don't know. I never it was a weird city. we all lived outside of town right. we lived I, it called Old Avon Farms which was a prep school we lived out by there we only came into town for games we practiced outside uh, the, the rink was in a mall there wasn't much of a downtown it was a very business like city uh, I remember once going to a bar after one of the games, and there was about eight of us. And Kevin Deneen, who was our captain, who coached the Canadian Olympic women's team, yep. won a gold medal, uh, he was a famous hockey player. He was big. He scored 50, I believe, one year. And we went to the front of the line asked the bouncer, said, hey, we've got about eight or nine Hartford Whalers here. I wonder if we can get into the bar. And he says, yeah, absolutely. Get to the back of the line, and as soon as it's your turn, you'll go. Like, there was no special treatment for the Hartford Whalers. It was, uh, you were back of the line there. I remember Wise once went to a bar to watch the... I was playing the playoffs because we were on the road in the playoffs and they wouldn't put the game on because the Yukon female girls basketball big program. Big program, but it was uh, I think it was it was their game was something, but it wasn't a playoff game. But their that game was on. Yeah. And the Hartford Whalers you didn't get a you didn't even get a back TV in the back room. <laughs> it was yeah, no no, actually Yukon girls basketball. That was that was the basketball. They were they used to go undefeated all the time. Yeah, well I think
3: they're they're still really good. But, yeah. Okay, Oilers win at 5-2 here at Rogers Place over the Blue Jackets. We'll call a quick timeout. Hartland Ford overtime open line.
2: To dry back to Barry The one-timer wide of the net. Jammed in, Scott!
5: It's a power play goal, and the Oilers are up one nothing.
3: Finally, first goal of the game for the Oilers. They go on to beat Columbus 5-2. Edmonton, 10-0. When they get the first goal, hopefully that could start happening more often. Edmonton's record now 17 and 11. Rob, Columbus coming into town, obviously, uh, without Patrick Line A. Big, big loss out of their lineup. Did anybody from the Blue Jackets really impress you tonight?
1: Well, Wierenski on the back end. Uh, every time I see him, I forget how good he is. Uh, he's all world. And I think one of the big reasons they're able to get rid of or, or Jones, and it doesn't hurt as much losing him to the Chicago Blackhawks, is they have Wierenski on the back end. He is so good offensively. He skates so well. Uh, jumps up in the play and actually twice had the puck on his stick early in this game and could have given Columbus a 2 nothing lead. But to me, he's the one that stood out the most by far. Uh, unfortunately, around him, it, not a lot of talent. I, I, this, uh, to me, is a non-playoff hockey club that uh, may be in the midst of a, a rebuild because looking at the division they're in, they, uh, it's, a, it's a big stretch for them to be able to compete with some of the bigger teams in that division. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, if you look at it, up 3 nothing, against Vancouver, allowed four straight goals, and then allowed the first four tonight. Eight so straight. So eight, eight straight goals. I mean, they they made a little bit of a charge there in the third period. By the way, Vancouver's going to win six in a row, up 5-2 on the Sharks with a minute left.
1: It's the Boudreaux, uh, the Boudreaux show. The Boudreaux bounce, the...
3: I got nothing else. That was it.
1: It's It's, it's true, though. It is a balance. They're playing better. And the biggest thing for the Canucks right now, just looking at the highlights that are on, it's their star players. They're starting to play better. And you can only go as far as your stars take you. And the Vancouver Canucks finally got their stars playing the way they're supposed to.
3: Okay, so the Oilers travel to Seattle tomorrow. They're going to take on the Kraken on Saturday. Then they're back home here to face the Anaheim Ducks. So the the last time they played a road game, it was against Seattle. And that was a loss that started the six-game losing streak that ended tonight. Ryan McLeod is in COVID protocol. Devin Shore is in COVID protocol. Uh, Dave Tippett is in COVID protocol. So hopefully that is it now we're not going to have uh any media availability tomorrow so i guess we'll maybe find out saturday if if it's uh might be mike smith finally
1: coming back well i guess it is day to day now um and it
3: though uh, it was earlier though he wasn't (laughs) practicing the first time it was
1: day to day i they're hopeful and hopefully he gets back but i think the biggest thing now there's been talk that it's an ankle sprain is that not what people have been Rumored, but it, you want to make sure when he comes back, it's 100%. You do not want to push something, come back, and then have it something linger the remainder of the season. Make sure he's 100% because when he comes in, uh, he's going to get a bulk of the games, and they, the Oilers, if, when they get great goaltending, are a very good hockey club, and Mike Smith has given that to them for the last year and a half.
3: All right, get more on the Oilers and more on the Edmonton Elks, too. The schedule came out for 2022 today by going to globalnews.ca or 630chad.com. Our next game broadcast is Saturday, 6.30 face-off show, puck drop at 8, Oilers at Kraken. Don't forget, Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow, and they'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game-day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chet. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers end the six-game slide, 5-2 win over the Blue Jackets. Have a great night.